Hello, welcome back to another series of highs, lows and the love for the beautiful game, a football podcast where we talk to those within the game about the demands of being a professional footballer. If you're tuning in for the very first time, then thank you very much for joining me. But don't forget, you can listen to the last series by heading over to Spotify or to Apple Podcasts. In today's episode, we talk to professional footballer Giles Coke. Giles has played the majority of his football in the EFL for the likes of Mansfield, Northampton and Sheffield Wednesday. But most recently, he helped Grimsby Town by winning promotion back to the Football League as their captain. Hope you enjoy this episode of highs, lows and the love for the beautiful game. Giles, thanks very much for joining me today. How are you doing? Yeah, well, good, thanks. So um, it's been a few weeks since that uh, day at the London Stadium. Just uh, come back down to earth a little bit now? Yeah, I think just just about come come round. Uh, it was an amazing experience. Uh, what a day, especially how all the playoff games, you know, went. It was, I think it was just written, written in the stars and it was meant to be. It was certainly an unbelievable playoff campaign and we'll talk uh, probably a bit more in depth about that uh, a little bit later on. But um, I always, always like to start by just asking guests kind of what, what's your earliest football memory? What kind of hooked you uh, and, and what do you remember from a young age? Um, well, I've got an older brother who is mad on football as well. So from a young age, he always used to take me uh, to, you know, the local park or the garden because um, we used to live in uh, in like a square where it had a communal garden. We, we lived in an apartment growing up. So my brother, yeah, from an early age, just took me in the garden, uh, like I said, and he just, yeah, we practiced all the time. So a lot, uh, you know, I have to give my brother a lot of credit for, you know, for, for my career and, uh, and achieving being a, a professional footballer, really. And am I right in saying you're an Arsenal fan? Yes, I am. Uh, I don't know if I should uh, really say that on the podcast at the moment <laughs> but yeah no I'm a, I'm a big Arsenal fan um, of course we're, we're going through a bit of a you know a bit of a bad period well I say period it's been a very long period it has indeed um, but yeah it has not it but hopefully uh, we can you know we can change that round with, with Arteta uh, and hopefully we can make a, a few good signings this season and try and get back into the Champions League so when you was out playing football your brother which which player would you kind of take on in terms of bit you know an Arsenal player um, well the reason why I support, I, I support Arsenal is because of Ian Wright um, I used to love him from from a young age it, you know the way the way he basically you know scored all sorts of goals even though I'm not a striker but I used to just I was literally mesmerised by, by Ian Wright I wanted every idea Ian Wright posters uh, Ian Wright bed covers yeah, Ian Wright was the reason why I supported Arsenal, and that, that um, certainly, so yeah. certainly a great time for Arsenal during that period for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and that, that, that's probably the last time I remember us actually uh, on a high and winning. Really, <laughs> been that long. <laughs> uh, and you mentioned your brother there, and you actually played with him down at uh, Kingstonian. What, what was that like from a young age? Because uh, I believe you you were at QPR. And that didn't quite work out. So, at that sort of age, what what are you thinking? Is it is it almost like the dream's yeah. been shattered, or you just kind of get thinking, right? I've got, just got to get on with this. Yeah, it was it's, it was funny, really, because when I was at QPR, I, I came. I was a latecomer. I wasn't 
uh, with QPR, you know, from a young age, going all the way up into the academy, I I was going to their summer schools and their summer camps. Sorry, you know, half term and their uh, and their summer their summer camps. And uh, Danny Hibbert, who was you know who was the man who organised all of the camps, said to me, "I'm going to get you a trial one day at QPR." And this was when I was about 13, and I used to, in my head I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, like." You know, just the coaches just saying it really, and it's never going to happen. Because um, I used to win like you know half term player of the the week and stuff like that. Uh, and yeah, Danny Danny Hibbert, who who was the organizer of the the camp, said, "I'm going to get you a trial." And literally, when I was 16, so three years, he was saying he was going to get me one. So obviously, in this time, I'm thinking, yeah, he's talking a bit of rubbish here. But he actually produced, and he got me in. He got me a trial there when I was 16, and I think I was there for two weeks. Uh, and I'm yeah, I managed to go on and sign a, a two-year YT there, uh, but unfortunately, I didn't get a pro, um, which I think at the time was probably the right decision. Now looking back at it, but at the time, I, I was I was adamant that I was going to get a pro. Um, but I think looking back now, I can probably see the reason why I didn't get a pro. I think I was a little bit too cheeky, probably a bit too, you know, my attitude. Maybe I I, I thought I was kind of not better than what I was, but I thought I'd kind of, like I said, was going to get a pro when, you know, I didn't. So it was a big reality check for me. Uh, it, it toughened me up. It made me realize that I had to change. Um, and I did that. Yeah. By going down to my league, my brother was at Kingstonian. So he said, he said to me, come and, come and train, train down here. Spoke to the manager at the time, Scott Steele, um, who was a top, top man. Brilliant for me. Uh, he took me under his wing, um, and yeah, literally, I, got, I went on. Uh, I went and trained a few, a few times there, and, and ended up signing, signing at Kingstonians. So I was playing with my brother, which was yeah, an amazing experience because you never really thought, you know, that that would ever happen. To be honest with you, so um, I was there for six months. Sorry, no, I was going to say yeah, six months, and then um, it, it kind of just propelled from there, really, and. Do you, do you remember too much about the six months that you were there? I think it was 33 games and, and six goals. And w was it just a really jam-packed six months? You thought, right, I'm going to get my head down after this and enjoying your football? Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, I got released and I thought, well, listen, if I don't knuckle down and, and work hard to try and get back to where I wanted to be, then, you know, it's never going to happen. At 18, um, you know what it's like. 18 can soon turn into 21, 22, and uh, and the older you get, it's a lot harder to to get back into the um, into the league. So, yeah, listen, I I worked hard. My brother was there, so he he helped a lot. Um, and yeah, like I said before, the manager Scott Steele was was really good for me. Uh, he gave me captain at, a, at obviously a young age, and yeah, I just I went on and and did really well and scored six goals in in 30 odd games. Yeah, and then that, uh, then that did that did a call come from someone to say that um, Carlton Palmer was was interested in taking you on trial? Yeah, there was there was something with the assistant. Um, can't actually. Oh, Clement Clemo, that was the the assistant at Kingstonians, and he said that he had a call from uh, Carlton Palmer, and he wanted to have a look at me. But it's funny to be honest, because before I went on trial at Mansfield, I went on trial at Stoke, but not many people know this. Um, and I went up there for uh, a trial for I think it was a week, but on the first or second day, I think it was I think it was the second day, 
in the warm-up, uh, I slipped and I opened my medial ligament up and I was out for six weeks. So the trial obviously came to an end, which I was gutted about because obviously it was a, a great opportunity um, to, to be trialling at Stoke. So obviously then I went back to Kingstonians and that's when uh, Mansfield then showed their interest and that's when I went up there for two weeks. So I went up there for two weeks. And at the time, my mum and dad were actually uh, on holiday in Jamaica. So I literally just went up there on my own, um, got the train up there and yeah, you know, two weeks, I literally, I say two weeks, it was meant, it was meant to be a two week trial, but I went up there on the Monday, Monday morning I went up there. So I trained Monday, we had a game on the Tuesday, which was an in-house game. Um, then we were off Wednesday, I trained Thursday and then on the Friday, that first week, the manager said, you're starting on Saturday. It was literally that quick. It was unbelievable. And I, I remember it so well that my first game was Bristol Rovers away. Um, and then it was 3-3. And it was an unbelievable experience because of how quickly, it, you know, how quickly it went on from being a two-week trial to literally four or five days and I'm making my, my league debut. Was the speed of that just actually better for you? Because it mean, meant you just didn't get time to process it. You just thrown in the deep end essentially I think so yeah I think and I think that's probably what Carl Palmer was doing as well I think he just thought you know what put him in there let's see how he gets on um, so I, yeah like you said it wasn't really I couldn't really process it I didn't really speak to my mum and dad because they were they were on holiday um, I spoke to my brother a little bit but it was like literally like straight in um, and didn't really look back from then to be honest with you so it was a it was a good run of games for Mansfield as well you getting into the football league but i think there was a, a league cup game against southampton that was a that was quite a, a team then obviously ha- managed by harry redknapp is is that, redknapp, yeah. is that the kind of time where you start to think actually hang on a minute I, this could this is becoming very real yeah i think that's the, the you know the first game that played against you know top opposition really um and loved it, really loved it. We we went on to win the game, and I, I scored, I scored the the only goal. Um, I think it was one nil. So yeah, it was, it was it, yeah, it was brilliant. And that's that gave me more confidence to to really think that I can go on, you know, and, and kick on from from Mansfield. And it was at Mansfield where there was several championship clubs interested, the likes of Southampton, who we mentioned, and Norwich and. Wolves, and I think there were some others thrown into the mix there. How do you deal with that as a young player? You know, we we've got your got your opportunity, and now actually some of the the bigger boys have come knocking, and you think, I want some of that. Yeah, to be honest with you, I was I was buzzing. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really show any nerves. Um, I just kept playing my game, and yeah, there were. There, Listen, there was a lot of stuff in the papers going around that these clubs were interested, but the only club really I knew that was was really keen was Wolves, who made a bid for me uh, in the January window. Uh, well, later on, obviously, I found out it was fifty grand the bid, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a massive amount of money. But the club turned it down. Um, I didn't end up I didn't end up going. Um, but then after that, I, I had a really bad injury. I did my knee. Um, and I tore my meniscus in my knee, which then made me literally, I was out for a year. I was only meant to be out for six months, but I was out for a year in the end. But 
Uh, Manfred offered me, a, you know, contracts to stay, but I turned them down. Um, and literally from going from Wolves, you know, all these people that were interested in the champ, Norwich, Southampton, um, the clubs then who were interested in me because I was injured were Hartlepool. So I went and spoke to Hartlepool manager and I went to Northampton, spoke to Northampton and I ended up signing for Northampton. But like I said, I was injured for, I was only meant to be injured for six months, uh, but I ended up being injured for a year because I had complications with it. So Northampton, you know, they, they bought me because it went to tribunal. They, they, they paid a fee for me. Um, so I have to give them a lot of credit that they, you know, had that trust and believe, uh, belief in me that I was going to get back to, to where I was. And yeah, you know, I, I didn't end up playing until, so I signed in the summer, but I didn't end up playing until the following January. Um, and yeah, did just when I came back again, I, I showed uh, a lot of hard work, uh, a good attitude. And yeah, when I came back, I, I hit the ground running straight away. A couple of seasons at Northampton didn't quite end the way that perhaps you might want to go out. But uh, I think the last was it the last game of the season was at was at Leeds, and that was the the relegation game in front of thirty four thousand. Thirty four, yeah. And again, it's you know it was, it was upsetting because uh, Bristol Road was away. I think back it was in March. I might be wrong, but February March time, uh, I got a really bad kick on my calf, and I had a big hematoma in my calf. I, uh, I couldn't play for, I think it was two, three months. I literally got back to the last game of the season against Leeds, but I wasn't right. Um, the manager knew I wasn't right. So it's like, I, I felt like I didn't really, yeah, you know, you're sitting there watching and uh, I couldn't really help, even though you're helping from, you know, from the side and trying to give your fellow players support. But yeah, it was so difficult because all I wanted to do was, was play and, and try and help Northampton stay, uh, stay up. But yeah, like I said, I was unfortunately I had a, a, hemot- a hematoma in my calf, and it, it stopped me playing. It must be really frustrating for footballers because ultimately everyone wants to get out and play, play on the grass. And it, you must be so disheartening when you're working constantly in the gym, and you and you don't really see that progress. And and we we talked here about there was some big injuries that you had quite early on in your career. How much did that affect your mindset going? going into games? Yeah, it was it was really tough because when I was young, I never had injuries. Um, and then obviously I had my, my first op- you know, operation with my knee when I was at Mansfield, um, uh, then went on to Northampton and I still, at Northampton, I had to have another operation because there was complications with it. So it was really difficult for me to have to, you know, deal with that at such a young age. But I think it definitely made me you know, mentally stronger. Uh, it made me, uh, you know, stronger as a person because I was in the gym a lot. I was building up my body. I was very lightweight and skinny when I was, uh, when I first went to Mansfield. So, yeah, you know, it definitely, it definitely made me who I was uh, today because of the injuries I had and how mentally strong you, you have to be um, to keep going because when you're injured, you've got to work even harder than, than the players that are fit. Well, at uh, age 23 in 2009, uh, saw you move north of the border into uh, into the SPL. What was your, your feeling around that time when you knew that Motherwell were interested and, and it being the SPL? Again, it was such a hard, hard decision. Really, really hard decision. I had uh, I had a daughter at the time that was, that was a really young um, and 
yeah, listen, I, again, as a player, you want to try and progress. Listen, I really enjoyed my time at Northampton, but we got relegated. And if I could stay, you know, at, in that league or, or higher, that's what, as a player, you, you want to do. Uh, we had a club, uh, Preston, that, that were really keen in, in taking me. Alan Irvine was a manager um, at the time, but again, the tribunal fee was, was going to be too much. They, they got put off because Northampton, you know, were saying that they wanted X amount of money and uh, it, it was going to get a bit complicated. So Preston, you know, decided to go with someone else. So then the only other option I had was either stay at Northampton and sign a new contract or Motherwell. <laughs> and I, at the time I had enough, I didn't have a clue about Scottish football. Absolutely didn't. And that, that's not me being uh, rude or, you know, um, uh, taking the piss, you know, out of Scottish football because that's just, I didn't know anything about Scottish football. That's just me being honest. So it was a hard decision. I was like, oh my God, Scotland, what, hell, what am I going to do here? Must be pretty um, chilly up there in <laughs> in the winter months. Yeah, it's it, very, very cold. But listen, I, I made the decision because I thought by going there, it was going to be the best footballing decision for me to then progress my career. Like I've always said, that's all I ever wanted to do was try and play at the highest level I could. So I, you know, I made the decision to go there and I absolutely loved it. Uh, really, really good players up there. We had a great bunch of boys at Motherwell uh, and I really, really enjoyed my time. I'll be honest with you. Well, it was they were obviously in the qualification rounds for the old UEFA Cup, which is now the Europa League. Um, so, you know, new opportunities there uh, to kind of test yourself or push yourself to get into a European competition. Yeah, exactly that. And I think that, again, definitely swayed me because, uh, you know, who who wouldn't want to play in, in Europe? Um, and I had that opportunity to play against Stal Bucharest, um, which was, a, you know, which are a massive, a massive team. We went over there in, in Romania and it was all obviously new to me. I hadn't experienced anything like it, like it before. Uh, there was flares, there was smoke, the fans were crazy. Uh, and it was, yeah, an unbelievable experience, to be honest with you. Well, one unbelievable game was the 6-6 game that you was involved in. An absolutely unbelievable game. Not, not so much for the defensive coaches, if anyone's watching that, but... Um, yeah, crazy, crazy game. Yeah, it was a, unbelievable. Listen, I didn't think I'd ever get anywhere close to it, to be honest with you. And we went and did that at Grimsby. It was again. We'll, we'll go on to that later, but that was crazy. But yeah, six, six, six. Um, just a, a mad, a madness, to be honest with you. Like I made a massive mistake. I gave a goal away. Tried to pass, uh, play the ball back to our goalie. To be fair, you, you, uh, you definitely gave him a race. That was for sure. You certainly got ahead there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You managed to get yeah, back. Everyone says that. Like, you, did, you did the hard part and then obviously the easy bit, you, you basically um, just gifted them a goal. So yeah, I gifted, gifted him, to, uh, him to goal. But yeah, we came back so strong. Honestly, it was, I think, I can't remember how, how the actual goals went now. Um, well, I think, I think six, they were winning, six, right? 64 minutes, um, you were 6-2 down. There you go, 6-2 down. Like, so crazy who would ever think that we would come back unbelievable and you know the commentators even at the time I think Hibs had gone on a on a losing streak and they were saying you know that 
they were they were cruising and, and putting that behind them. But actually, you you certainly gave them a run for their money. W- what did Craig Brown say at halftime? You know, what can he, what can a manager say in 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 those circumstances? You know what he just said. Just roll your sleeves up and go and and go and fight. Go out of a, go out of a bang. You know, give everything give everything you can. Um, don't leave yeah. Don't leave anything you know on the on the pitch sort of thing. So yeah, it was yeah. Listen, it it was an amazing amazing game. And to be honest with you, we could have won it because we had a penalty as well. Um, and looking back at it now. I should have took it. Now looking at it now, because that could have been for my hat trick. I was going to ask you uh, that actually. It's two goals. Are you not saying, "Come on, that's mine"? Yeah, to be honest, I should have. But at the time, the penalty taker was was the uh, uh, Ross Forbes, who was yeah really good at penalties. So yeah, we we all backed him uh, to, to score. To be honest, but it's just one of those things that it, it, it didn't go in. But yeah, listen, to come back from 6-2 down in 35 minutes was, was unbelievable. And I think it goes down in, in the FPL history, to be honest with you, uh, that game. I think it certainly does. And the, the equalising goal from Lukas Jukovic, absolutely phenomenal. If I honestly think if, if Ronaldo or someone like that had scored that goal, we'd be seeing that over and over again because um, I, think, I think he sort of controlled it to his te- chest, turned and bang it was unbelievable and the, the scenes in the uh, in the stands and, and amongst you on the pitch was a joy to see yeah uh, unbelievable finish and what a player by the way he's a top top man Lucas um, and we, we'd still stay in contact today uh, and it was to do that in the last minute as well it was unbelievable unbelievable and, and all credit to him because he's gone on to have a, a really really good career and he, and he really deserves it 2010 saw interest from Celtic, so that was a, a, a good opportunity. Having moved up up north to uh, to kind of put yourself in a bit of a shop window, but didn't quite work yeah. out in the way that that you'd hoped. Strange, really strange one to be honest with you, because uh, I thought I was signing for Celtic. We we played Celtic, and I was suspended uh, at Celtic Park. So I literally went and met. Neil Lennon inside the stadium and I went up the stairs and all the fans were there saying he's signing he's signing I spoke to, to Lennon he, he briefly showed me around the place and I, honestly I thought that's where I was going I was speaking to a, Scot- a Scottish agent out there as well we were discussing the contract the length the money whatever um, but all they said was is that we've just got to wait and he was just saying yeah let's, let's get I think Charlie Mulgrew signed and there was another boy that they signed uh, as well, and they said they need to get these players through the door first, and then they'll they'll come to me. So I'm thinking, okay, so no problem. I said, but can I not sign a pre-contract? They're like, no, but we'll get you done. Don't worry, you're going to sign. You're going to sign. So in my head, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm signing for Celtic, and what a club, by the way, what a club Celtic is, and that'd be anyone's dream to, to, to sign for that club. So yeah, I waited, got to June, and they said, yeah, 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 it's coming, it's coming. Just wait a few weeks, and I'm in this time, I'm thinking, well, pre-season starts in a few weeks, and it's like what you do I don't want to I don't want to hold off and then I don't have anything and then I'm losing out on, on other clubs that, that may come in and then at that time Sheffield Wednesday then offered me offered me a contract so I basically told told Celtic uh, sorry the agent to tell Celtic that listen Sheffield Wednesday have come in can we get the deal done because I wanted to sign for Celtic it's like yeah yeah it's going to be just just wait a little bit and I'm in my head I'm thinking 
can't wait. If I wait and then I lose out on an opportunity to sign him for Sheffield Wednesday, which is another amazing club, I'm like, I can't do it. So that's how I ended up uh, choosing Sheffield Wednesday and, and, and signing for them because I couldn't wait. I didn't, I didn't want to wait just in case I ended up with, with nothing. And I think that's the thing that perhaps fans don't always see is actually, you know, you've got a family, you've got bills to pay and yeah. they see the headline figures of how much, you know, certain top, top pros are, are paid and they just assume that everyone's paid that. And, you know, it must be really difficult because if you've not got a contract and you're not tying yourself down to a club for pre-season, the, the pressure then must come in terms of, well, how am I going to pay the bills and support the family? Exactly. And that, that's for most uh, players that you know aren't earning ridiculous amount of money in the Premier League and in the top championship uh, championship clubs. Uh, players rely on their money, and, and I, I'm not too sure if people really understand that. There's, there's some players that play play in the league that are on probably less than people that that work in shops, but people don't uh, people don't know that. You know, they just think that footballers get paid X amount of money and they, they should just, you know, get on with it. They've got an unbelievable job. and But yeah, it's, it's not all rosy. Believe me, it's not all rosy. And yeah, we do have a, a, a great job that we, you know, we're very lucky, you know, to, to have. But at the same time, like you just said, it's a job as well. You know, we, we're getting paid to do this. Uh, and we do, you know, we're humans. We still have mortgages, kids, families that that we all have to you know look after and, and pay for it was at Sheffield Wednesday you were finally connected with Alan Irvine he tried to so, uh, sign you for Preston as you alluded to earlier yeah. that must have been a big moment signing for a club like Sheffield United because although sorry Sheffield Wednesday that Sheffield Wednesday fans are going to be on me if Sheffield I Wednesday, start yeah. calling them Sheffield United <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sheffield you yeah, well, Sheffield Wednesday are definitely a bigger club than Sheffield United. They are fixed it, but <laughs> signing for a club of that size, they might have still been sort of in their in their bad times, but still a, a huge club with a huge following. Oh, it was listen, unbelievable, and I know I said that uh, I wanted to go to Celtic at the time. That's obviously because. You know, I, I lived in Scotland. I loved it. My family then settled there. We were settled, and uh, and like you said, Champions League football. It was yeah. It, it, I really, I really did want to go to Celtic, but now, you know, looking back on my career and and going to a club like Sheffield Wednesday, how lucky I was to play for a club like that because it, it honestly, it, it's an amazing, amazing club, um, and one where I could have easily if. I had the, the opportunity to could have easily have stayed there for the you know for the rest of my career because of how much I loved the club and how big it was. Well, at that time you were playing alongside the likes of Clinton Morrison, Neil Miller, Tommy Miller, some some players that have got some definitely talent and were sort of big at that time at that level. How how powerful was it for you, kind of walking the dressing room and seeing people like yeah. that? Yeah. Because these are the people that I, I'd been watching. I'm a football fan. I love football. So watching Clinton Morrison at Palace, watching Neil Mello when he was at Liverpool scoring against my team, Arsenal. Um, yeah. Darren Potter. Uh, we had Chris Sedgwick. We, we, we had Gary Teal. Uh, Darren Perth. There was, 
you know, I went into a, that was, that, I think that was when I first realized, wow, like, not that I've made it, but wow, I'm at, I'm at a proper club. This is a proper club, like, with proven players that have played at the top, top level that I was watching when I was a kid. Um, so a little bit, I'm not going to lie, I was a, a little bit memorized, like, from them, do you know what I mean? Mesmer, sorry, mesmerized from from them because these are players that I'd, I'd been watching on TV. Uh, so to play alongside them, it was yeah, it was really really good. And, and, and to be honest, we, you know, Clinton's still one of my good friends, and he always says like we we were thinking, who's this guy, Giles Coke signing? Who are we signing from Motherwell? Who's this? <laughs> and, he, and he still uh, banters me now about it. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I, I fitted into the dressing room really quickly. Uh, and and I loved every single one of them. Honestly, it was it was a really really good time for me. When you when you're playing alongside um, players like that, and you're in the dressing room with them every day, does it give you just that extra little bit of oomph to to go out there and raise your game because you're surrounded by these sort of giants of of that level? Definitely, and I and I think that's why I started the season so well because. In my head, I was thinking, I can't have all these players thinking I'm shit. I can't have all these players that have played at the top level thinking, who's this guy that we've signed? Oh, he's terrible. So it, it actually spurred me on and, and, and drove me to, to really want to succeed and, and show everyone, you know, all these players that I was good enough to play with them. Was it Clinton's, uh, yeah. Clinton's words in your head all the time? Clinton's words, yeah, say, who's this guy? Who is Giles Coke? <laughs> you thinking I'll show I'll show him. Uh yeah, exactly. But no, it was um yeah, it definitely, you know, drove me on. Uh and I, I hit the ground running. Honestly, I hit the ground running. I did I think I got player of the month for August for the league. Uh and yeah, I, I soon, you know, I think I, I soon earned that respect from from everyone in the in the dressing room. It was a there was a lot going on behind the scenes ownership money struggles. Um, Alan got sacked, I think, uh, early February. Gary Megson came in. What was that time period like? Because obviously there was there was clearly a, a good relationship between you and Alan, would you say? Because he wanted to sign you for Preston, so you've almost got that connection. Thinking this guy is is for me, and then someone else yeah, comes in yeah, and, and it changes. Yeah. Uh, what a guy Alan Irvine was so much respect for him uh, really really top top coach um, but yeah the results didn't really go his way um, unfortunately I got injured again between Christmas I had another operation on my knee so around just Christmas time to February I, I actually wasn't playing um, and then he got sacked which again I'm, I was devastated really because he really, really did like me, and uh, and he gave me the opportunity to to come to Sheffield Wednesday. But Gary Megson came in, and I didn't have a problem with Gary Megson at all. He was a lot different to, to Alan Irvine, um, but he started playing me out of position, as I'd say, because uh, I'm a centre midfielder. He started playing me on the right wing and left wing, and uh, I didn't really like it. But again, as a player, you you get your head down, and, and if the manager tells you to play in a position you you play you play there right um but there was a game Walsall I'll never forget it there was a game at Walsall away uh Gary Megson played me right wing and at half time he came in and he was like what are you doing what are you doing 
And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you're doing your own thing. I've told you, stay wide, get the ball in the box. And of course, I'm not, I'm not a winger, right? I'm not really a winger to then start, you know, driving down the line and, and whipping balls in. So I was more coming in, trying to get the ball and, and play kind of, not like a free role, but, you know, more like a number 10 in a way, like cheating and coming in. And I don't think the manager liked it, to be honest with you. So he made it very clear at half time that, you know, he wasn't happy. Um, and yeah, I remember clearly that what, you know, I made a big mistake and I'll always hold my hands up. But when you're young, you, you know, you make, you make mistakes and you learn from them. But yeah, he said to me that he thought I was doing my own thing. And I think I, I kissed my teeth or I said something like that. And he said, you know what? You're fucking coming off. And I was like, what? So I picked up, I took my boots off and I chucked them at the skip. Um, and obviously at the time, everyone was thinking, what's, what's he doing? What's going on? And then literally from then, I didn't play for Sheffield Wednesday for, I think it was 14 months. 14 months, Megson just, that was it. And to be honest, it was my own fault because I showed a bad attitude. I showed that, you know, you, you can't do that. Um, so I've only really got myself to blame uh, looking back at it now, uh, which is a shame because I, you know, I didn't, I didn't play for 14 months. I went on loan to Bury to Swindon. I went, you know, I went around a bit when really I should have been playing at Sheffield Wednesday. And but down to my own stupidness, it, it wasn't it wasn't to be. Despite those those struggles with the manager, going out on loan was that just kind of almost for that time period, living a little bit out of a suitcase and not really feeling at home anywhere. Yeah, well, I was when I was at Bury, I was travelling from Sheffield every day, so it wasn't too bad. Um, and yeah. When I went on loan to Bury, I had a, a really good time there. Richie Barker was the manager, and I played with him at Mansfield. Another amazing, amazing man. Um, he's now obviously the assistant at, at Rotherham, but we still stay in touch, and I've got so much respect for him. Uh, and he obviously brought me to Bury. Did really well at Bury. Uh, I, th- I felt like when I went on loan, I, I had something to, to prove. You know, I wanted to prove Megson that yeah, wrong that he that he didn't want me. So again, you know, I got my head down. I worked really hard, uh, and I uh, and I did really well there. Did he ever get in touch with you whilst you were out on loan? And with the, was there any communication, feedback, or anything like that at that time? No, no. I think if Megson was still at the club, um, I don't think I would have been played for Sheffield Wednesday again. I think it doesn't really matter what I had you know, done on loan, I think I probably would have got sold or I would have left and gone to a, to another club because I think Megson had already made his mind up on me that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to play under him. He did get sacked in, in, in March 2016 and Dave Jones came in. Would, was yeah. that almost a little bit of a weight of lifted from your shoulders thinking, actually, I could get back in here? Yeah, yeah, exactly that. You know, I... I saw Megson, uh, Gary Megson get sacked and of course as a player you, you don't really want to see people lose their jobs but at the time I was actually a little bit happy because I thought then it might give me an opportunity to get back to Sheffield Wednesday and play which that's all I, you know, that's all I wanted to do. I already had a taste of it of how you know big the club was, the fan base, playing in front of 25,000 25, fans at Hillsborough. It was, yeah, it was an amazing experience and, and that's what something that I wanted to, to continue to do. So, yeah, when Mags, when I saw Megson get sacked, a part of me was 
was happy because I thought that the opportunity might come might come around again. Dave Jones came in, uh, but I was still on loan, so uh, they didn't recall me. I don't think I had a recall in my uh, in my loan, so I had to stay stay at Berry till the end of the season. Um, uh, and then pre-season came, and I think what what was funny was is Dave Jones automatically thought that I wasn't good enough because I was on loan. You know, he just had the perception that well, he's on loan, like I'm gonna just get rid of him. So pre-season came, and he told he, he told me that he didn't, you know, I wasn't in his plans, didn't didn't really give me a chance at all, to be honest with you. So then I went on loan to Swindon. I went on loan to Swindon with the Canio, which. Whew, that was an unbelievable experience. I, even I though remember. I was only there for a short time. <laughs> I remember that time, and um, I think anyone that um, follows, you know, I've, I've followed, followed pretty much every league in in the UK, and um, it was every week I'd be looking. What, what's he said now? What's his press conference? What's he done? Um, that must have been a bit of an eye opener. Oh, Listen, I don't know how long you've got. There were so many stories about Ken. He was absolutely crazy, by the way. Like, I've never experienced anything like the Kenya. But what a what a good how do I say it? He could have very good coach, but he could have been such a good manager. So, honestly, such a good manager. And it's no surprise that he did go on to manage in the Premier League with Sunderland, and um, uh, and he did go on from Swindon, but. Oh, it was, you know, the way that he spoke to players, like he was, he, dem- he demanded so much, which a lot of, uh, you know, a players at that level, I don't think they'd ever experienced the manager that, that demanded so much. It was, it, you know, because he was such a good player himself, his, he, he had such high values and, uh, and I, the, the players struggled, I'll be honest with you. I know, you know, he got, he got Swindon promoted um, but he was he was hard. He was really really hard, and I think the players were absolutely terrified of him. I'll be honest with you. I'm not surprised. Well, I, I remember when he he brought Wes uh, Wes Fodringham off, didn't he? Um... Yeah, that, well, that was my first game, it was, it, and wow. I was thinking, what have I come to? He basically said, "Oh, you're not involved today. I want you to sit on the bench, um, and I want you to watch the way we play." And I was like, "Okay, no problem." So it's Preston away. After I think it was 18 minutes. He's brought the keeper off, and I was like, "Oh my god, he is crazy! He's crazy!" And at half time, like nearly having a fight with the player, uh, just going mad. Oh, it was yeah, it was bonkers, absolutely bonkers. I'm thinking, what have I come to here? I can imagine team talks must or half time team talks must have been pretty fiery. Yeah, no, he was he was just a fiery person. That's just how he was. If I've got anything negative to say about him it was just I felt like his man management skills you know weren't that that that's the bit where I think he struggled you know because I don't really think he knew how to talk to players or or understand players because some you know listen all players are different but he spoke to players all the same and and he didn't care it was it was literally his way or no way there was no other like you know, oh yeah, I'll talk to this player. He might need an arm around him. This other player, you know, might need a bit of a bollocking. Like, it was just, this is how it is. Like, angry, angry, demand, demand. You know, we, we used to train so hard. We used to train for hours. We didn't, we didn't have any days off. 
There was no days off. I think we, we went 78 days. I think the boys counted that we were in every single day. 78 and it, and days? Hard. I, I think it was something like crazy like that. Wow. Yeah, it was something mad like that. And I mean, in every day, Sundays, Wednesdays, normally you're off, you know, at least once a week or twice a week. We were in every single day. It was it was really hard. Um, and I yeah, again, unfortunately, I had an injury. Um, so I only played a few games at Swindon and, and, and my loan got cut short and I had to go back to Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, you did get some opportunities in the championship. That must have been a good, good opportunity to get a run of games under your belt and, and actually test yourself with, with some of those um, bigger players that perhaps dropped down from the Premier League. Yeah, it was, it was funny because um, getting injured at Swindon it actually was not a bad thing because I went back uh, to Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, I was injured for, I think, maybe about four to six weeks. Uh, so I was obviously doing rehab and then I got back. I played a, re- a reserve game. And in that time, Dave Jones appointed Stuart Gray as an assistant manager. Now, Stuart Gray was my manager at Northampton. He signed me. Um, so that's where, you know, you get a little bit of, for- a little bit of luck. Um, you get a bit fortunate that that happened because I think if he hadn't, if Stuart Gray hadn't come in, then again, I don't think I would have played for Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Stuart Gray knew me as a player, uh, loved me. And I think he then told Dave Jones, basically, um, yeah, really good player. Give him an opportunity. He won't let you down. And he he, he gave me an opportunity. I, I started training with the first team and um, yeah, literally put me straight in against Hull, Hull away. And after about a week, week or I think it was about a week or two weeks back from my injury, played the reserve game, and then the following week I, I started against Hull. And sticking with the championship, there was a move to Ipswich, and did you did you just feel like that that didn't really work for you because there were, there weren't that too many games, were there? For it during your spelling. No, it was it wasn't that it didn't work for me. I had a really again, I had a really, really bad injury. I, so when I signed for Ipswich, I you know, Mick McCarthy told me that, you know, I wasn't gonna start straight away and I had to, to prove prove to him that I need to try and, you know, fight my way into the team because they just got to the playoffs. So, you know, he's very loyal to his players that, that got in there. Uh, so I wasn't, you know, coming in to start, which I knew. And I knew I had to work hard, but I was all, you know, I always believe in my ability. I'm always confident that given an opportunity, I'll take it. Um, but yeah, it didn't, the opportunities didn't really come. I was on the bench for, for the first, I think, three, four, four months uh, coming on. And then I got injured in February, I think it was, uh, January, February, and I did my knee and I was out for 18 months something like that. 19 months I was out for uh, a long, long time and maybe not a lot of people people knew that, you know, maybe they just thought that I wasn't playing but I was injured, yeah, I was injured uh, for about 19 months, had three operations uh, which put me put me out really. Uh, so that's why I, I didn't play many games. And it was, a, it was a difficult time for Mick McCarthy. I remember around that time there's a lot of draws in that season and just missed out on the, on the playoffs and I think by that point Ipswich fans were starting to turn and uh, and want something different. But actually, Mick was a very steady manager. Um, 
you always knew probably what you were going to get. And obviously since then their fortunes um, weren't as, weren't as great, but him as a manager, you know, he's been at a number of clubs now and, and even at international level. W- what type of person was he? Uh, what do I say about Mick McCarthy? He was a top, top manager. I'll be honest with you. He was a very, very good manager, but he wasn't really a manager for me because I didn't really like the way the, the football he played, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was very direct. He didn't really want players to to get to go to, you know, to get on the ball. He had a very set way of, you know, way of, uh, he played, but it was very effective. And the players were drilled because he'd had that squad of players for a few years. They knew exactly how Mick McCarthy wanted to play. And they, you know, they, they, they did it to a T. I struggled a little bit with that because I wasn't used to that, that football. It was very direct, 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 you know, turn it in the channels, you know, play percentage football. So I learned a lot. Uh, and, and, and listen, if I wasn't injured, do I think I would have got an opportunity and played? Yeah, I do. I do think uh, Mick McCarthy would have given me an opportunity. But it wasn't meant to be. Um, but then, even listen, even though I didn't like the, the football that was played, he was a very, very good manager because he knew how to win games. Uh, I'm a bit similar to Gary Megson, to be honest with you. Gary Megson, I didn't like the, the style of football he played, but very effective and knew how to win games and that's why these managers were were, were you know are, are very very good managers very old school managers for sure and then from there we won't dwell on Oldham too much because um, if anyone knows that story I'm sure that probably was not a great time um, well it was a yeah it was a nightmare at Oldham and uh, listen I don't like to really talk about it but I'm sure everyone knows uh, what what went on at the club uh, and how much of a mess it was you know, in regards to the owners and uh, and what what happened there, but yeah, that was uh, that was probably the the toughest toughest time in my career. I'll be honest with you. And was that the thought process in dropping down into non-league with Hereford? Do you just think I just need to enjoy football again? That's exactly it. Uh, I thought it took me. I signed at Oldham when I was thirty-one, thirty-two, I think it was. So obviously, when I left, I was thirty-three, thirty-four. Uh, I hadn't played for years and then prior to that I was injured I went to Chesterfield for when I got back from my injury from from Ipswich and then I got injured again so it was like a literally I just I just kept breaking down you know I then did something to my Achilles I was out for three months at Chesterfield so I hadn't technically played for two years at Oldham and then two years prior to that because I was injured so people don't realize that I hadn't played football for such a long period of time um, and I didn't want to end my career like that. I, you know, who's who's going to take a player that hasn't hasn't played for four years? Um, and again, in my head, I was like, I don't want to go out like this. I don't want to go out. You know, remembering my my last football club like this, where it was a mess. So I said, I just want to go and play. And Josh Gowland at Hereford came to my house and and, and said basically he would. He really wanted me to sign and just go and get back into join enjoying football again because I he knew you know how how much of a hard time I had at Oldham um, and that and that's exactly what I did I just went there um, I went there and played I played games but unfortunately the whole COVID thing hit and it affected those non-league clubs really really badly uh, with the pay with the fans not coming in 
So it did turn into a bit of a mess uh, yeah, at Hereford as well. You so, know? Well, not just at Hereford. It, it turned into a mess throughout the whole the whole of the league in, the, in, in non-league. It really did. Yeah, no, I, I remember it very well having worked at that level and it was just every week you just didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, you know. Well, sometimes we didn't even know if we were playing, if we weren't, if we were training. It was it was a mess, and then we had problems with pay. It just turned into a big, big mess. Uh, and listen, I was lucky. I was so lucky that you know I had an opportunity to go on trial at Grimsby, uh, and 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 it worked out amazingly. To be honest with you, that I managed to have another another opportunity to get back and play in the league, which I. To be honest, I didn't think I'd ever have that opportunity again. Grimsby are historically, you know, they've got a great history and what what a great opportunity, as you say. You were there for three months. The relegation happened. Probably not what you wanted, obviously, when you get no player wants to go into a club and, and, and get relegated. We won't dwell too much on that. But then from that three months that you had there, did that convince you enough to say, do you know what, I'm I'm going to stick with these and get them back to the Football League? Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, it took me took me some time to, to get up to, to, to get up to scratch, to get a level of fitness because I was only training part-time at Hereford. So, and I hadn't played games for, you know, four years before that. So it was a lot. If you speak to anyone at Grimsby at the time when I was trying to get fit, they'll, they'll tell you how hard I worked to get to, to a level where I, where I could get back to play because I was, I was miles off it, miles off it. And yeah, it was very disappointing that we got relegated. It was, you know, but looking back on it now, were we, were we good enough? Maybe not. You know, at the time I thought we were good enough, but looking back now, I don't know if we, you know, if we were and if we did enough to stay up and that's hence why we, we got relegated. But yeah, uh, I've I really got so much time and respect for, for the manager, Paul Hurst and, uh, and the assistant, Chris Doy. Um, so when they, you know, decided to offer me a, another contract, another year, I thought, you know what, I want to, you know, I, I want to do it for them. They gave me an opportunity uh, to, to play again, and listen, I, I was never going to go anywhere else. Does it take a club to be relegated to kind of take stock and think, right, okay, we got this wrong last season. We know what we need to do to get it right. Let's go again. Let's have a really good season that give the fans something to cheer about and actually we'll be in a strong, far stronger position when we get back to, to the Football League in their case. Definitely. And I think there was a few, you know, major, major things that, that made that happen with, you know, again, Paul Hurst that had been promoted out of the league. You had a manager that, that knew the league uh, inside out and, and, and knew what it, what it took to, to get out of that league we then also had new owners that came in that were amazing well I say were they are still amazing uh, both of them uh, Andrew and Jason they they really you know allowed the manager to to do what he had to do they believed in him they trusted him uh, and at the same time they still you know showed that within the players they still wanted you know wanted it to be a family you know they had values they had morals that they wanted to, to bring into the football club and everyone everyone that came in bought into it and it really took it took it on board and, and we went from strength to strength we started the season so well we were flying we then went for a you know a dip in the middle of the season 
which we didn't even see it coming. But like I said, these things these these things happen in, in, in you know during, throughout the season. Um, and then we finished the season, you know, for the last three three months of the season, we finished so strong, and I think that's the reason why we 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 got promoted. Great team spirit, uh, great bunch of boys, great manager, great chairman, and uh, and I'll be honest with you, everything everything just ticked at the right time, uh, and that is the reason why why we got promoted. <laughs> Well, let's talk about that fantastic playoff campaign. I think um, that will certainly be one of the remembered playoff campaigns from a team, certainly in that league and and beyond, because it was a phenomenal run that sort of got you to the final. Going into that Notts County game, was that something that you knew kind of, this is a big club, we're on the back foot? Yeah, but we were confident uh, going into the game that we could, that we could beat them. We, you know, we were on such a good run of form leading going inside, going into the playoffs. And we felt like anyone we played in the playoffs, we, we could win. We had a real belief in, in the squad. And we, we always thought that if we did get to the playoffs, because obviously we were, you know, still fighting to get in there uh, for the last few games of the season, we always thought if we could get in there, we will do it. And that is honestly how all the players believe, the manager, we all believed it. And yeah, you know, getting drawn obviously against Notts County, not an easy game, uh, very, very good side. But we were a good side as well. Uh, and we proved that uh, and, and, and went on to win the game. Yeah, and it was um, an absolutely, well, cracking end to, uh, to, to the game in normal time. I think it was pretty much last kick of the game. There must have been a real belief uh, from your teammates that actually we can do this because everyone was chucking themselves at the balls, defending, unfortunate to to concede the penalty when you did. But to get that last opportunity at the end of the game and to score it, that must give you real belief going into into extra time. Yeah, it definitely did. But it, it just shows, you know, what what a team we are, uh, you know, never give up, fight to the end. Um, we kept believing to the last second and that's why we got our rewards. You know, we, you can easily, easily kind of throw your towel in a bit and think, oh, listen, 30 seconds to go now, it's, it's over, you know, but we, we didn't and we, we continued to the last whistle. We got our rewards with, with like you said, the free kick and the header header across from, from Luke to, to Gav and uh, I managed to get it in the last second. It was an unbelievable feeling to be honest with you. And then to, to go up the, I think it was 119th minute to go and score the winner in similar circumstances at the death. That must have been uh, some some dressing room. Yeah, it was amazing. Like you said, we, we actually, I came on in that game. I came on because the manager said like it's going to penalties and I want you to take a penalty. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, so we came on and then literally to score in the last minute, just, it was just crazy. It was honestly, the fans were amazing. They kept, uh, they kept us going. They kept believing. Uh, and yeah, when we scored, the place just, just went mad. It just went absolutely mental. And, and of course, 
we only, I think we only had 16, 1700 fans there, I think, but it, it sounded like we had 10,000 there, the way, the way the fans were, were cheering us on. So yeah, unbelievable finish to finish to the game. And then the, the Wrexham game, again, an absolutely unbelievable advert for, for the national league. And again, everyone, you know, is, is well publicized the, with the ownership there and, and the money that's involved. And, Again, really upset the uh, the, the party and, and and what the 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 neutrals wanted to see. Yeah, again, we knew Wrexham what a good side they were. Obviously, a lot of hype around the club with the, the takeover with, with the chairman, uh, a lot of money pumped into the club. We knew it was going to be you know, a really really hard game, but again, a game that we we, we all we all thought that we could win and we all believed that we, that we could win the game. Um, but yeah, the way who would have ever thought the way that the game went would, would have gone that way. And then the spectacle of the final down at the London stadium. What a day that was. Um, I was fortunate enough to be there and, uh, so many fans, uh, packed in there for traveling such journeys, to get to get there, and uh, that must have been a real special moment for for you and the club and the fans. Amazing, um, amazing day out. Uh, I don't think anyone would have would have thought that Grimsby, small small club, as people say, Grimsby Town would have brought twenty odd thousand. It was unbelievable, and the fans were amazing. I'll be honest with you. And again, the players deserve so much credit because they they done prior to. Prior to the final, they had gone to extra time in both games, and we'd done it the hard way to get to the final. So to to come back and do it again, the players just deserve so much credit for for, for that game. Well, like I said at, at the top, there is it, it will go down in one of the phenomenal playoff campaigns, I'm sure, because like you say, the the hurdles that you had to overcome to get there, and seeing that. Um, Ball hit the back of the net in extra time in the final. That must have been an absolute euphoric moment. Thinking that you know it's, it's nearly here, and you you obviously captained with with a club captain for the season. So really proud moment for you, I'm sure. Yeah, it was really proud moment. Of course, I would have loved to be on the pitch and and being part of it in that way. But listen, it's still amazing for me, amazing for the players, for the manager, for the the, the chairman, the fans. It was. An amazing time, an amazing day. You know, I, I hadn't got promoted before before uh, that day, and I really that's something that was playing on my mind, thinking that I didn't want to, you know, end my career without getting promoted. So, you know, I'm very thankful to everyone, the players, like I said, the manager, the fans, the chairman, that you know, everyone helped chip in to to achieve to achieve it. So what's next for you? Um, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. It's a good uh, it's a good question. I'm still just enjoying my time off. Uh, the season was incredibly long, the longest I've ever had in my career to go all the way till, you know, June the 5th. We started off pre-season, I think it was the beginning that yeah, the 1st of July we started off. So to go nearly a whole year uh, I've never, you know, I've never experienced that before. So uh, yeah, a long rest definitely needed a few holidays and going away on, on Wednesday um, for a break my family for a week uh, yeah 
and I'll just enjoy my, my time with my family and, and, and weigh up my options and see what's the best what's the best really for Giles Coke next is it to continue playing is it to retire is it you know to, to go into something else is it to go into coaching managing uh, I, I really don't know I'll be honest with you it's a lot of thinking to do but yeah at the moment I just want to enjoy enjoy the promotion enjoy the time with my family uh, yeah and enjoy some some fun and uh, just to finish off just some quick fire questions alright so uh, just putting you on the spot a little bit um, best, yeah. best player you've ever played with uh, Barry Bannon oh I said Barry Bannon but maybe Ida Good Johnson oh yeah Ida Good Johnson yeah because I was at Bolton with Ida Good Johnson it was towards the end of his career but wow what a player Ida was absolutely um Best game to have ever played in. I think that we might have already answered that early on, but I'll give you the opportunity. Well, yeah, it'd have to be the the Hibs, um, the Hibs Motherwell game. Yeah, definitely six six, crazy game. But then I've also had some great games where I played uh, in the FA Cup against Man United at Old Trafford. Uh, played against uh, Man City at the Etihad in the in the cup as well. So I've had some I've had some amazing games. But if you if you're talking about a crazy game like like the Hibs game then yeah I'd have to put that one down uh, Favourite managers who have worked with? Alan Irvine Paul Hurst yeah I'd probably say I'd probably say them too. Stuart Gray as well Stuart Gray was really good as well Good stuff uh, Lowest moment? Um, yeah lowest moment in football was probably when I signed for Oldham I'll be honest with you just because of how the club was just such a mess and going from the lowest moment to the proudest moment, what would you say your proudest moment was? Yeah, I have to say the proudest moment is getting promoted. Uh, I think that's every every player's dream is to win something. And yeah, I played for some really good clubs. I played with some really good players, but as an achievement, I'd have to say, yeah, getting promoted. If you could turn back time? It'd probably be the moment uh, with Gary Megson also away I, yeah I still regret that uh, I regret that dearly because I do believe that if I hadn't done that I, I would have gone on to, to play many more games for Sheffield Wednesday and uh, lastly what is it about the game that you just love so much um, I think I just love playing in front of fans playing in front of so many supporters uh, showcasing your ability yeah I'd say that that's what it is Brilliant stuff. Well, Giles, uh, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, plenty of stories. And to be fair, I could probably talk to you for another hour, but uh, I won't take up too much your, more of your time. It was an absolute pleasure. And uh, I wish you the very best oh, of luck with whatever you go on to do next. No, cheers. Really appreciate that. <laughs>